Do you want me to do the intro now, or do you want to say something? No, you've got a lot of background noise. I don't care. What do you want me to do about it? Get a fucking desk, like a grown-up. I put it where? In the imaginary available space. Throw that old fucking TV down the stairs. No, because if I throw it down the stairs, then it'll shatter and there'll be glass everywhere. Okay, put it on a blanket and slide it down the stairs. How will that work, Jennifer? I don't know. Physics. Exactly. You're the the one that does physics. Not really. I never was good at it. Anyways. Welcome back to Better Than Human, the podcast where we maybe bitch about stupid humans, maybe offer a little life advice, maybe ask weird theoretical questions that have no answers that bother Amber, and then we pick a topic and we talk about how that thing could be better than human, evolutionary-wise or just for existing, it's better than human. I am your host, Jennifer, and this is my co-host. I respond to the name Amber. Today's topic is, how do I say it again? Peckery? Peckery. Yeah, like peck, like pecker. An animal I did not know existed until Jennifer sent me a list of possible options for this week's topic. And out of all of them, for some reason, Amber picked this one. Well, because I didn't know it. I didn't know it either. So why was it on your list? I was doing animals recently in the news why was it recently in the news it like broke the internet for a little while there was a peccary running like down the street in arizona and it was running like a cheetah and it was like matching what the speed of a car oh i did not see that in the news they're not called peccaries in arizona they go by the spanish name javelina so it was a javelina running down the street And someone was filming it from their car and they were like going the same speed down the road. They are made for running. It got called like the cheetah pig, even though it's not a pig. If you don't know what a peccary is, it is part of the swine family, but it is not a pig. And even though it often gets confused for wild feral pigs, it's not a pig or a boar. It's a medium-sized pig-lived hoofed animal, also called skunk pigs and they're known as new world pigs so they're native to where amber the americas even though they actually originated in the old world and then came here and why do we think they're not in the old world anymore oh because pigs outcompeted them yes they're smaller than pigs usually they measure between 90 to 130 centimeters that's around three to four feet in length what does a pig or a peccary peccary the fully grown adult will weigh around 20 to 40 kilograms which is 44 to 88 pounds i put in domesticated pig sizes into my notes for a comparison the domesticated pig there's a lot of different breeds but on average they're around 0.9 to 1.8 meters that's two feet or three feet to five almost six feet and they can weigh between 50 and 350 kilograms that's 110 pounds to 770 pounds yeah but these things are bred to be eaten so you're gonna want as much meat on that bone as possible better they're fed the bigger they will get and then they have the largest breed according to the internet which is always right, (laughs) is the Poland China pigs. And they typically weigh between 400 and 600 pounds. Then I was looking up the smallest pigs because you know all those cute pictures of teacup pigs? Yeah, that you absolutely do not want as a pet, but people keep as pets? Yes, there's no such thing as a teacup 
pig. I didn't realize that. I thought it was a own breed. Uh, yeah, I heard that a couple years ago, but it wasn't important, so it didn't stick around in my brain. They're actually pot-bellied pigs that normally weigh between 100 and 200 pounds. And on farms, they can get up to 1,000 pounds. But breeders claim they go from 10 to 12 pounds. Even if the smallest pot-bellied pig still weighs between 60 and 80 pounds, and that's considered underweight for a pot-bellied pig. Yeah, and you don't want one as a pet, not just because they get so big, but because they scream like an actual baby would all night. Yeah, and if you buy one, they are probably inbred, which causes a lot of health issues. Also, teacup breeders starve them as babies. Oh, so they don't grow? Yep. When you buy them, they tell you not to feed them, to underfeed them. And this causes their skeletal system to remain small, but their internal organs will grow to full size. So serious health issues. Also, you have to find a vet that will take care of a pig. The Harley's vet did. Yeah, you live in Hickville. That's true. Because one day I went there and they were just keeping a pig and a pig baby in the office 24 seven because it had lost its mom or something or for some reason or other, but it had to be 20 needed 24 seven hour care. So they were just keeping it in the office. There's vets that do specific like domesticated farm animals, but it's not a normal vet normally. Do you know what the smallest wild pig is though? Only because I'm looking at your notes. <laughs> Otherwise, no. It's the pygmy hog. And there's not a lot of information about them, sadly. But they're native to the Himalayan grasslands at elevations up to 300 meters. That's 980 feet. So they ain't going to the top of Mount Everest. But <laughs> there's only one known population still around. It's in- functionally extinct. Some India, and they believe there's around 150 mature individuals left. They, however, do weigh between the teacup size of 7 to 12 pounds, but they're not pets. They're so cute, though. They're found in this one national park, Manus National Park or Wildlife Sanctuary. Sure. Which is a UNESCO Natural World Heritage Site. Actually, a uh, tiger reserve. The tigers eat the pygmy hog. I mean, maybe, but they're pretty friggin' small, so it would be like a snack. That's true. Tigers need a lot of meat. This park is known for its rare endangered animals, such as the roof turtle, his pin hare, golden lemur, and pygmy hog. It also has wild water buffalo. Golden lemur? Sorry, Golden Langer. There's no lemurs in Himalayas. I realize that. <laughs> we did a whole episode on lemurs. <laughs> yes. There's very few wild water buffaloes, apparently, too. They're considered critically endangered. I only know what water buffaloes are from that Christian propaganda VeggieTales cartoon. I only know about them from... The things they carried. What's that? Book that I read in high school. And you had to have parent permissions slip to read it. But it was about the Ford mom's handwriting signature. No, she signed it. It was about the Vietnam War. Oh. And it was because it was disturbing. Yeah. Anyways, this is not an episode about pigs. No. Did you know that peccaries are a keystone animal? Because they have significant ramifications to the rainforest ecosystem. They do that through seed dispersal, tree control, and creating water holes. So they're considered ecosystem engineers because their wallows are popular places and not just for their own species. They repeatedly trample, root, dig and rest all this activity compacts the soil some of these wallows where they rest will hold water even after other ponds nearby dry out so they become distinct aquatic microhabitats that are critical breeding habitats for like frog species 
because they engineer their own habitat, that's why they're called ecosystem engineers. Yeah, but they don't destroy it like humans do. I was just about to say that. Unlike humans, they impact their ecosystem in a good way. Also, they provide food for larger predators like cougars. The reason people think that they're a pig is they have the snout ending in a cartilage disc that looks like a pig nose. And like a pig, it walks on two digits. So apparently they only walk on their two middle toes. But they're not toes or fingers. They're hooves. But unlike other pigs, all the other toes might be absent. Some of them have toes. Some of them don't have actual Well, the, toes. Ones, the one species does. We'll get into that later. Yeah. The stomach is not ruminating, although it does have three chambers. And it's more complex than those of pigs. Don't know why I brought up rumination, because no pigs actually do it. Do you know what that is? Is that what cows do when so, they regurgitate it and eat it again? It's called chewing the cud. Basically, grasses and hay and stuff like that are not very nutritious. So they have to break them down by fermenting them in a specialized stomach and then throwing them back up into their mouth and rechewing them and swallowing them again. That's fun, right? Our stomachs can't do that. You can eat grass all you want, but you just poop it out whole because you can't break it down. And it will upset your stomach. That too. I've eaten grass. Everyone has. (laughs) And that's why rabbits have to eat their own poop. That's another episode. You can tell a pig and a peccary apart by the shape of their canine tooth or their tusk. In European pigs or other pigs, the tusk is long and curves upward, whereas in peccaries, the tusk is short and it's straight. It doesn't usually stick out of their mouth as much. No, and it's used for crushing hard seeds and slicing into plant roots. And they also use their tusk for defending against predators. So when you think about a wild, like, hog, like Timon from Lion King. Kumba. Kumba. Timon is a meerkat. We just did an episode on it. Pumbaa's a warthog. And his tusks go outward. And then curve up. Yeah. For peccaries, they're kind of like scissors. They go, like, straight down against each other. And they don't usually protrude out of their mouth, though you may see a little bump on where it touches their lip. And they are super fucking sharp. Are they? Yes. And they make chattering noises with them to warn away predators. Or talk to each other. Well, yeah, the, they make lots of noises. They're very social. Peccaries also have longer and thinner legs, shorter tails, and smaller hooves than pigs, which makes them better runners. Their tail is so small that sometimes you can't even see it in their fur. I was going to say, do pigs run? Of course pigs run. Quickly. Probably. I did not look up how fast pigs run. I'm just thinking, I've never seen a domesticated pig run. I'm just thinking about the chapter of the Bible where Jesus puts all the evil spirits into the pigs and the pigs run off a cliff. I do not remember that chapter of the Bible. <laughs> And I'm just like, well, that was not very nice of Jesus. First off, those poor pigs. Second off, those poor pigs' owner. That is true. Or the time he had a temper tantrum in, like, the market and he destroyed everything. That was not the market. It was the temple that was Ah. being used as a market. And he said they were defying it. This is a whole other topic. Nothing to do with peccaries. (laughs) Anyways like jennifer tangent also most pigs have large upright rather pointed ears while peccaries are smaller ears could almost be compared to that of a teddy bear they are kind of cute if you look at pictures of them i think they're cute recently in bolivia there's been reports of people being seriously injured or killed by peccaries I tried to find any articles on this. I could not find any. However, I did find one about a man and his dog being rescued off of a mountain in Phoenix. The hiker had called 911 to say his dog was injured by a javelina attack. And the fire crew had to hike up the mountain to rescue him and the dog. 
Okay, did the dog provoke it? Because now all I'm thinking about is that episode of the Crocodile Hunter where Steve Irwin's dog jumped out of the boat they were in, swam to shore, and attacked a warthog. And then Steve's like, fuck, I gotta go save my dog. And the warthog, like, put its tusk, like, right through his hand. Yeah, basically, there's been a lot of recent attacks in Arizona, a javelinas, or peccaries, basically the same thing, attacking dogs. But the problem is, people are probably walking the dogs. Dogs are leash. Yes. And the dogs disturb the peccaries. And the peccaries, one of their natural predators is wild dogs. So they think they're defending themselves. Also, if you feed them, they can become aggressive. Also, we've proved in our cats versus dog episodes that dogs don't, don't always make smart choices. <laughs> and will sometimes just go up to something. Peccaries cannot be relocated. Did you know that? I did not know that. Because a new herd will not accept them because they have a different scent. I so, didn't know they distinguish each other by scent. That says if you encounter a javelina, you should try and scare the animal by making loud noises. Throwing small rocks in the direction, spraying them with water from a garden hose, or carry around a squirt gun filled with diluted ammonia. 10% ammonia and 90% water. Yeah, Don't... I'm just going to carry around a squirt gun with ammonia. Well, maybe if you were walking Harley, didn't you carry around, around dog spray? I carried around citronella spray, yes, because there's a lot of people in this area who let their dogs just go run around their yard, no supervision. And the dogs would run up to my 110-pound German Shepherd who hated other dogs. So if you knew peccaries lived in the area, you would carry that. Yeah, but how likely are you to really run into one? Maybe, if you knew a herd lived there. Anyways. I also read an article about a woman being killed by feral pigs. I believe it. They are social animals, and they live in herds. They've actually recorded up to 100 individuals in a single herd of white-lipped peccaries. But collared, or Chaco, Chacoan, peccaries usually form smaller groups. There seem to be social behavior and extinct peccaries as well. And then did you read about the giant peccary? Yes. That probably is not a species? Well, we don't have enough to say it, if it is or it isn't. 2000, in Brazil, Dutch naturalist Mark van Roosmelen? Roosmelen, I think. Roosmelen said that he found them. I was reading a Guardian article about it. Apparently, he saw it and he went to the locals. He's like, what's that? What, what, what's this? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's always been there. Why would we tell you about it? And then he got film of it with a German natural filmmaker, Luthar, friends. And they gathered a skull. It was formally described in 2007, but uh, the status was quickly questioned. As of 2011, it's still technically a collared peccary. By its original description, it was it was thought to be bigger than the other species, and it was thought to travel only with pairs or with young. And in fact, the local name for it is something like travels in pairs. I didn't write it down, though. And unlike the other species, it also has thinner fur, those brown and white, darker colored legs, and a relatively faint colored white collar. And initial DNA suggested that the giant peccary and the collar peccary diverged approximately 1 to 1.2 million years ago. However, a lot of scientists were like, the sample size was too small. You didn't get enough variety in your DNA test, so the results have been called into question. And as a result, the giant peccary is not seen as a separate species. Yeah, maybe it's just like how Norwegian people are all tall, blonde, and beautiful, while the rest of us got all the shitty genes. <laughs> Only in America. Okay. Only in America. What's that from? It's a song. Oh, okay. I was forced to sing when I was in like middle school. Peccaries rely on their social structure to defend territory protect against predators, regulate temperature, and interact socially. 
Did you know they have two scent glands? I did. They have one below the eyeball and one on their backsides. They use it to mark territory ranging from 30 to 280 hectares. Do you know what that's in acres, Amber? No. 75 to 700 acres. They also mark other herd members with their scent glands by rubbing up against each other. (laughs) Their scent gland is on their dorsal or basically the top of their butt. And they literally just rub their butt onto it to leave their scent. Don't dogs do that? Do they rub their butts? I don't think I've ever seen my dog or ever saw Harley rub his butt on anything. I thought that's why they wouldn't sniff each other's butts. They do pee on everything to leave their scent. And they do have anal glands. It is a really strong odor and it allows them to recognize other members of their herds because you know what? They have myopic vision. Don't you have myopic vision? Am I short-sighted? Nearsighted? Nearsighted. Yeah. Am I short-sighted? Are you short-sighted, Amber? <laughs> What's nearsighted? You can only see near, but you can't see far. Yeah, I am nearsighted. Yes. Basically, they can only see things that are close up to them. So they rely heavily on their smell their sense of smell, to find food and each other. This odor got them the name skunk pig. Or musk pig. Because apparently it smells bad to humans. Well, I can't imagine it smells good. Like every time Harley releases anal glands, that reeked. It, it was not a pleasant smell. So I can't imagine anything coming out of something's butt glands smells good. I mean, it smells good to them probably. Well, yeah. Pecoris first appeared in fossil records in Europe around 33.9 million years ago. Amber mentioned it earlier, but they first evolved in Europe. Fossils have been found on all continents except Australia and Antarctica. They were probably outcompeted in the old world due to evolving pigs. And they became extinct, it says, during the Miocene period, which was anywhere between 23 to 5.3 million years ago in the old world. They are common in South America, but peccaries didn't reach there to around 3 million years ago during Jennifer's favorite Great American Interchange. What was that, Amber? It's when North America and South America booped noses and became connected and a bunch of animals from up north went down south a bunch of animals from down south went up north and a bunch of things went extinct because of it yeah north american animals like peccaries llama and teprins um to peers you know the kind of like pigs but they got like the long trunk no that's not what i was thinking so never mind entered south america and A few South American species made it up north, like the ground sloth, which is extinct now. And Jennifer's favorite North American animal, opossums. (laughs) (laughs) All the peccaries in North America basically went extinct, except for a few that managed to remain in the southern part. Why? Because humans. I mean, not just humans, because we didn't kill them off everywhere. Yeah, but I read the reason they went extinct in most of North America was because of humans. It is probably part of the reason. Humans who came over when that landmass was frozen or whatever. There is three, possibly four, living species of peccaries. They are found from southwestern United States through Central America into South America and Trinidad. Trinidad's an island, right, Amber? Yes, Trinidad and Tobago. They used to be on Tobago, but they went extinct there. We probably overhunted them there. We did. We did. The colored peccary, or musk hog, is common to the southern western United States into South America and the island of Trinidad. In that video Jennifer was talking about, that would have been a collared peccary. Yes, and I think they're the most common species. Their coats are peppered black gray, and they have a light color. So basically, it looks like we have a color. 
Yeah, that's why they're called collared peccaries because they have a white <laughs> collar of fur circling the shoulders. <laughs> so inventive. They like scrublands and humid tropic rainforests, but they are well adapted to areas disturbed by humans. All they need is basically somewhere where they're covered. That's why they've been able to fill a niche similar to raccoons and other suburban scavengers. I had like raccoons. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually a good amount of them in the suburbs of Phoenix in Tuscan, Arizona. And they eat people's vegetations and fancy plants. <laughs> They'll eat cultivated crops and ornamental plants such as tulip bulbs. So don't be planting tulip bulbs in Arizona unless you want them eaten. They're also called javelinos. They're not peccaries, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it's a collared peccary. They're normally found in bands of 8 to 15 animals, so not the big ones like the other groups. They're herbivores that they feed on cactus, mesquite beans, fruits, roots, tubers, palm nuts, and other green vegetation, but... They also will eat lizards, dead birds, and rodents if the opportunity presents itself. I mean, might as well. And they rub their butts on rocks and tree stumps to mark their territory and yep. to identify each other. They will defend themselves if they feel threatened, but they generally ignore humans. Their predators are cougars, Mexican wolves, coyotes, jaguars, and bobcats. I feel like a bobcat would have a hard time taking one of them down. Maybe not like the younger ones. Well, yeah, babies would probably be easy because, you know, babies are easier to murder. Well, they murder their own babies, too, but (laughs) that's why they're not good to domesticate. They can actually form groups up to 50 individuals, but that's unusual. They like to sleep in burrows, often under rooted trees and sometimes in caves and logs or under your trailer. Do they really? They can. I mean, why not? And unlike the other ones, they will go out during the day, but they're more active at night. Then we have the white-lipped peccary. And this one is Central and South America. So you probably won't see this one unless it's at a zoo or you live in South America. But they do exist in dry forests, grasslands, mangrove. Cerrado, which apparently is tropical savanna, in dry xerophytic areas, which is plants designed to survive on little wa- water areas, but they're mostly exist in rainforests. They live in herds of 20 to 300 individuals, and they need 250 square kilometers to survive or 46 square miles to survive. Per herd or per individual? Per herd. Otherwise, they can't fully function. They need a lot of fruit, though. So that's probably why. And they also use scent glands like to identify members of their herds. They live up to 13 years and give birth to two young at a time. They're the same size as the other ones, basically. And their color is generally brown or black. And their hair rises when they become excited. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hairs on the back of your neck. They have hairs that go down their spine. that grow larger than the hairs running down the rest of their body. And this makes sort of like a crest. Sort of think like Pumbaa. <laughs> kind of has a crest of hair. And then when it becomes excited, it rises. Like, you know, in humans, they always say the, the hairs rise in the back of your neck when you mm-hmm. send something off. They also have white markings that start below the snout and run to the cheek area just below the eyes. Yeah, that's why they're called white-lipped peccaries. But their lips aren't white. I know. They rely on fruit, and it dictates most of their behaviors. However, they're considered omnivores because they feed on fruit, nuts, vegetation, and a small amount of animal matter. Like just stuff they find or they like tear it off from something. <laughs> I could I couldn't I couldn't I'm thinking find that part. Like lizards. Okay. Or frogs. Because it said animal parts. I'm like, are they just eating a lizard leg or are they eating the whole lizard? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Do they find this dead carry-on 
and they just ate part of it or I don't know. It didn't didn't specify. So basically most of their behavior is following fruit seasons to eat fruit. But if there's a fruit shortage, they can eat leaves, stems, and like we said, animal parts. <laughs> the peccary is extinct in El Salvador. And what, how do you say this other country? Uruguay. Uruguay. Probably from over hunting. The other species went extinct in Uruguay as well. So I was thinking, what did Uruguay do that made all of their peccaries go extinct? Because it, it wasn't just the white-lipped. It was either the Chacoan or the other one, too, that also went extinct. Though they reintroduced one recently. They spend two-thirds of their day traveling and feeding. And they have slightly more females than males in the population. Is that how humans are? Not really. It's minute. This is 1.4 to 1.8 females per male. And they apparently give off a skunk-like odor. Yum. And they communicate loudly and regularly with the herd toward off predators, such as jaguars or pumas. So a jaguar is not going to attack a herd of 200 individuals. That would be stupid. But it could pick one off. I actually saw a video of them walking through the forest, and they travel like one by one. It's kind of cute. Okay. Imagine 200 of them walking through the woods, though. Okay. A long parade. It's a parade. <laughs> Peccaries. Yay. Babies weigh about 2.2 pounds at birth or one kilogram. And they got to be ready to run within hours. There's no waiting for them to develop. But they stay with their mother till they're around six months old. Don't they stay with the herd afterwards? Well, they nurse till they're six months old. Ah. But they're not sexually mature till they're one to two years old. That's another reason why they're not domesticated. I read when I was researching teacup pigs that they can actually start having babies before they're fully grown. Gross. That's why they'll show pictures of the parents and be like, look, the parents are small, but it's because the parents haven't grown up yet. What are those things called where they just make puppy mills? It's like a puppy mill. Basically. A white-lipped peccary has some major threats right now. Basically, deforestation and hunting. If they need to travel a lot to get a lot of fruit, if they build a town in between where they need to migrate it's going to cause a lot of issues for them also for poachers because there's so many of them in a herd they can kill a lot of them at the same time yeah and loss of habitat leads to loss of their natural cover that they like to hide under so that means poachers can just pick them off they're listed as vulnerable creatures right now Kind of sad because they're cute. And the forests need them to survive. And then we have the last kind. How do you say the last one? I'm going to say Shakoan. Shakoan. Here, hold on. Let me look it up. I looked it up, but I forgot. <laughs> Chalkin. Though the Chalkin peccary is the last species. Okay, so YouTube, that, that thing said Chalkin, but my notes say Shakoan. Yeah, I think Chaco is the name of the city. Chacoan is the name of the peccary. Okay, so I think this video I found is wrong. I think I saw that same video. There's only around 3,000 of these left in the world. We actually thought that they were extinct. So we had fossils from 1930, and we're like, oh, we found this extinct species of peccary. But in the 1971... There were some white people and <laughs> who quote unquote discovered it. Yeah. And the Chaco region of Argentina and the native people were like, yeah, that's always been there. You don't discover it. Idiots. That's, yeah. That's why I was like, quote unquote, they discovered it because the locals were like, yeah, it's always been there. Duh. <laughs> and what is this known as locally? Oh, I don't know. Taco. I didn't write it down. 
T-A- I, knew I wouldn't be able to say it. Oh, okay. That's fine. This species prefers hot, dry areas, low-lying succulents, and thorny bushes. A few scattered giant trees can be found in the area, but vegetation mostly consists of thorny scrub vegetation. They are well adapted to the semi-arid climate. Adaptations include tiny feet, which allows better maneuverability amongst the spiny plants, and they have well-developed sinuses to protect their snouts from dry, dusty conditions. They will actually have, like, this trick where they take, like, if they're eating a cactus, they'll roll it in the dirt to get all the spines off of it. They will. They will also pick the spines off with their teeth and spit them out. And did you mention that they have a third hind toe? I did not. That the other peccaries do not have. And it's the largest of the three accepted species. And it's different from the other species by having longer ears, snouts, and tails, plus the third hind toe, where the others only have two. And like all the peccaries, they can give birth year-round, but normally between September and December. The females will sometimes leave the herd and return after giving birth. Probably because she doesn't want anyone to kill the babies. They do that. Most species do. They do. Even humans. They do. They are adapt to travel during the days. And in the morning, they're more likely to travel, apparently. And this Apparently because it's less hot. Well, yeah. And this is one, like Amber said, they have, they travel in a cycle over 42 days. So basically a giant circle. This is my land, bitch. Keep off. Well, I mean, if it's 200 of you, you got to keep your herd safe. 200? I have living herds up to 20. Oh, sorry. No, 200 was the white-lipped one. <laughs> if you got 20, you got to take care of them all. And there's only, like Jennifer said, approximately 3,000 left total. Because they need such a big area, and they only live in one area. The Grand Chuckle of Paraguay, Bolivia, and Argentina. They have specialized kidneys. I did not know that. To break down acid from the cacti. Oh, yeah, I did know that. And they have two stomachs that are well-suited to digest tough food. We also may seek out salt licks formed from ant mounds and construction products so that they can gain essential minerals such as calcium, magnesium, and chlorine. That just reminds me of the picture. Don't let the moose lick your car. Yeah. Don't let the peccary lick your car. There has to be rows because it says construction projects. And their habitat is being destroyed. They're quickly becoming endangered because of... Habitat loss and fragmentation. Their range is basically being turned into Texas-style ranches. They are hunted, and a mysterious unidentified disease has been killing them off recently. Yeah, I was reading an article about that. Well, one that was found in a zoo, and it was a staph bacteria that we'd never identified before. Great. God loves staph bacteria. We do have established populations in North American and European zoos. And there has been a preserve established in Paraguay, but the preserve is not well guarded and the rules not well followed. So, unfortunately. Yeah. The Chacoan is actually less aggressive than the other species, though it occasionally will exhibit aggressive behavior. So, don't approach. Don't approach wild animals. (laughs) I know. But just have a defensive strategy where it may line up in a defensive wall to make it harder to target just one of them. So like if a jaguar, I don't know if there's jaguars in Paraguay, but if like in this area, but if a hunter or someone wanted to target just one of the peccaries, it'll make a defensive wall so you can't tell them apart. So you can't pick off just one. You can pick off all of them. (laughs) If you're a human with a guy, but not a jaguar with two front claws and teeth. The earliest scientific description by white people of peccaries in the New World is in Brazil in 1547, and they were referred to as wild pigs. They documented the peccaries were tame, penned, and raised for food and ritual purposes. Oh, in the Mayan culture? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I read a whole paper on it. And we have found archaeological remains in Mesoamerica from 
pre-classic up to immediately before the Spanish contact. But peccaries are not really suitable for modern breeding. There might have been a domesticated group of peccaries that went extinct when the Spanish destroyed all their cultures. The Native Americans' cultures, not the peccaries' cultures. Yeah, the Mayan civilization. However, I read that they can be trained to come when called. And since they're pack animals, they are loyal. So they can be used as a quote-unquote watchdog in communities Mm. where they are kept. They would make a pretty good watchdog. And like dogs, they're a pack animal, so they'll be loyal to their pack. They're often confused with feral pigs, which were introduced into the area at least 100 years ago. However, it's kind of good because jaguars like to eat feral pigs over peccaries. Because they're easier to catch. They probably run slower. Peccaries are nights to run faster. And there's probably more meat on a feral pig than a peccary. Yes. Because even though they become feral like cats, they're still technically domesticated. This is probably a better reward for the, the cat. Less work, more food, of course. Yeah. Like McDonald's. How's that like McDonald's? It's cheap and has lots of calories. Oh. Shut up and made sense in my head. Okay. That's all I have on Beckery's. I have a little bit on the Mayan culture. Well, why don't you put that in? Okay. So they have a taste described as similar to fatless pork chops when roasted. And a peccary meat provides uh, high-quality meat in a relatively large package, so 40 to 50 pounds of meat per peccary. So actually, there's not a whole lot of proof in the Aztec, uh, the Mayan, I mean, culture, but they think it was like rich people meat back in the Mayan days. So if you were like a wealthier Mayan or you were like a priest or if you were like one of the rulers this would be something you would eat often but if you were one of the peasants not so much isn't that how it always is yes (laughs) they didn't have pigs in north america and south america until the europeans came around yeah so they would hunt peccaries people still Um, hunt them though yeah they do capturing young peccaries and raising them in captivity is still practiced by groups today so there is some indication that this was practiced in the past Mayan cultures. Like it was, they, they do it today because they did it then. Certain accounts suggest they may have been kept as pets or were raised and fattened for later consumption. I mean, why not? And we talked about this a little in the, uh, the Island Fox episode, how Native American cultures often uh, relate animals to like spiritual things. So in Mayan religion, it's very similar. Spiritual essence or its potential existed in all things animate and inanimate, including landscape features, weather, celestial bodies, plants, and animals. And especially in the classic period, they believed in something called, I may be saying this wrong, but I hope not, a wayob, theory of wayob or way, which are alter egos in the form of animals. And it is believed that the characteristics of a way creature echoed in the personality and physical health of its human counterpart, much like Native American spiritual animals in North America. Peccaries were not 100% sure. They do show up on like pottery and in their divines and their, their divines in their designs and their uh, hieroglyphs and everything. So they may have been a way. Ancient Mayan warriors were thought to become or channel these spirits during battle. And more frequently, though, rituals were responsible for the manifestation. Sacrifice, dancing, and alcohol or hallucinogenics were used to manifest the spirit. And the shamans and elites could use these methods to transform into or call the spirits into a concrete form. And did you know that the Mayans used enema tubes to increase the volume of intoxicants administered to get high or drunk faster? I mean, why not? So they were literally inserting this into their ass to get higher quicker. Yeah, I, I believe it. And then they then they would call the spirits of the peccary. 
want to get high real quick. But jaguar was the most desired spiritual animal that was associated with like the royalty and whatever. Obviously. There's also some speculation that peccaries were sacrificed in religious rituals because they were all about that blood, sacrificing the blood. That was Aztecs. Mm, Mines too. I know. Aztecs were more so though. Mines too. Sorry, I burped while I was saying vines. I mean, you could, if you go back to the original Christianity, they did too, so. Oh, yeah. Well, not original Christians, more so the older religions, but yeah. That's supposedly why God sacrificed his life or whatever on the cross, so that we wouldn't have to. Do you know why Jewish people don't sacrifice anymore? Why? Because they're only supposed to sacrifice at the temple, and the temple was destroyed. Uh, so if they rebuild the temple, then they would start doing it again. Ah, uh, the but Jewish are doing some pretty horrible things in Israel right now. So Israel commits war crimes, anyways. And peccaries are also sometimes depicted with the gods. Like you'll see a god riding a peccary, even though that seems rather weird because peccaries are a rather small animal. They have a Norse god, goddess, who has a chariot pulled by cats. But it's not just one cat. <laughs> I was going to say, though, if we hadn't destroyed their cultures, Aztecs and Mayans might have conquered the world. Might have. But anyways, anything else? No. I mean, now I have the question, like meerkats, how do they avoid reproducing with their biological similars when they reject others from coming into their pack scent but do they leave go find another herd get pregnant and then return to their original herd or no idea exactly not a whole lot of research on that yeah there's not a lot of research in general on that Okay, thank you guys for listening. This has been a riveting episode of Better Than Human, the podcast, all about the pig-like creature peccaries. If you like this episode, please like and share with your friends. And follow us on all the social medias. Check us out on Twitter at Better Than Human 1. That's H-U-M-A-1. Check out our TikTok account, Better Than Human Podcast. Check out our Instagram, Better Than Human Podcast. Check out our website, betterthanhumanpodcast.com. Send us an email at betterthanhumanpodcast at gmail.com. I just posted a video on TikTok, but I'm not going to post anywhere else. So it's got some Jurassic Park music in it. So I guess I'll never see it then. And how are peccaries better than human humans, Amber? They're ecosystem engineers, not ecosystem destroyers. So they're very important to their ecosystem. And if we destroy them, it will destroy the habitats for a lot of other animals. And they're reseeders. Like gardeners, they replant their food sources. Like a lot of birds, too. They destroy some seeds as they eat, but they spit out some of the larger seeds near the parent plant. Or they carry them farther away from the parent plant to be planted elsewhere. And they're good at evolving because they can live around cities. Yeah, they basically turned into possums and raccoons in Arizona areas. One species of them. Yeah, the collared one. Okay, you guys, thank you for listening. And remember, be better than human. Be a peccary. Be pig-like. Have a little snout. Bye! anything else to say like not really do you have anything you want to talk about yes before we do the intro yes okay go ahead so this might not make it into the final cut but (laughs) you know how in toy story in the newest one forky becomes a toy 
And it's implying that anything, basically anything the child uses their imagination on to become a toy is a toy and will come to life. Okay. I've not seen that movie, but I'm familiar with Forky. Does that mean that mommy's toys also come to life because she plays with them? Okay. First off, (laughs) I've seen people ask that before. Second of off, no, because she's an adult, so she doesn't have the magic. That's lame. You just lose the magic when you're an adult. What if you're a mentally handicapped adult that still plays with toys? Your toys don't come back to life? Maybe. So how does this magic work then? Also, I've seen this pointed out before. If one of them dies, the child will just be playing with their corpse. Oh, yeah. But can they die? Yeah. if they Because the child's magic brings them to life. No, in the movies, if they get seen or moved or something, they die. Oh, I didn't know that. So... Can the child's toys, when they come alive, can they play with mommy's toys? No, because mommy's toys are in a different room and probably in a drawer. (laughs) Or under the bed or, you know, (laughs) back in the closet. Okay, this is making me uncomfortable. Why? I want to talk about something else. Why? I don't know. Masturbation is natural. Well, no shit, but vibrators coming to life is not. <laughs> well, they kind of come to life. <laughs> if you turn the on switch on. And if that was the case, guys that have adult, like, mannequins or whatever, live sex toys, they would come to life, too. And oh, yeah, they would. Side. Like that movie. Okay. This is dumb. Let's talk about something else. Why is it dumb? It's a question that just popped into my mind. I don't know, Weber. Since there's no real answer to it, it bothers me. That's not real. It's fucking Toy Story. I know. So there's no real answer to it. Oh, my God. But I don't like that. I like there to be an answer to everything. Like the people that think the Earth is hollow and time moves slower there. Some girl at work was telling me that today. Obviously, they don't know how time works. Well, I don't think she believed it, but she said she, she was watching a YouTube video on it. Because everything on YouTube is real. According to some people. Anyways, 